Welcome to the Flavor Podcast. This is Troy. And Byers. And we are here with another Late Nights at Blockbuster. We're going to be celebrating the 10th anniversary of the release of The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Uh, the first, uh, it would be weird if we started with like the second or the third movie in this in this trilogy, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, that would that would be kind of dumb, right? So I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. <laughs> so the first in the in the trilogy uh it was released obviously in uh 2012 uh it happened 10 years after the return of the king uh mainly due to um a lot of holdup in um filming rights and who was going to direct it and all kinds of weird stuff that we'll probably get into a little bit later maybe not too much of a deep dive on that but at least a little bit um, it's directed by Peter Jackson, returning uh, from the Lord of the Rings. Uh, screenplay is written by Jackson, uh, Fran Walsh, who's his wife, and their writing partner, Philippa Boyens. And, um, and Guillermo del Toro uh, has a, uh, a, uh, uh, a writing credit on this because he did a lot of work on it because he was originally uh, linked to this to direct it and had Ooh. picked his own Bilbo. And uh, it was, uh, or at least thought that he had his Bilbo, uh, and we'll go, we'll get into that uh, a little bit later in our uh, random thoughts um, and trivia as we go through the process. Um, it stars Martin Freeman as Bilbo, Richard Armitage as Thorin, Ian McKellen, uh, sorry, Sir Ian McKellen as uh, Gandalf, uh, Andy Serkis as Gollum. Uh, Ken Stott as Balin and Graham McTavish as Dwalin. So I stopped at like two dwarves because those are the main dwarves. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to go through all of those dwarves, but no, no, we don't. Yeah, I think he because then you kind of go, which one is that? At least Balin and Dwalin, you know who those guys are. Yes. So, so, um, so we'll uh, we'll we'll kick things off like we always do. Uh, what do you love about this movie, Bars? Well, honestly, love might be a strong word in some ways. Okay, very true. Um, uh, let's 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 stand alone. That we will get yeah. to that. That that, yeah. that if you if this was all I was getting, like if this is your first taste of of Tolkien, yeah. then you're kind of like, yeah. But what I do love is returning to Middle Earth. Like, yeah, getting back into this world was awesome. Hobbit, probably like a lot of people, anyone that's read Tolkien, Hobbit was the first book I ever read. Right. It. Like yep. this is the introductory thing. This is where you start. Yeah. Like I was in middle school the first time I read this. Yep. Um, and so I was excited to see that visually on the screen. Like I had seen like like the little cartoon version from back in the day. You know that uh, Leonard Nimoy. Yes. Um, so I was excited, and visually, it's a very enjoyable movie. Like Peter Jackson's back doing his thing in Middle Earth, which is very good. Um. And seeing Frodo kind of decide to take the leap, go on the adventure was 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 good. It was fun, but I'll have lots of other things to say when we get to who beefed about some stuff that on its own, this movie wouldn't just be in the oh I love this, but as part mm-hmm. of the bigger world, it's it's another addition to this world that I do love. So yeah, um, I I I love that they they brought back Ian Holm uh, to be old Bilbo and to do the intro. Yes, um, I really liked that. Um, I love that they didn't show smog in the, in the entire movie. I literally um, wrote that down too. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. He, he's, he's in the opening flashback. He's like this, the shadow. It's like, he's a horror movie villain, right? It's like, just like keep him until the last absolute last little bit. Um, I feel, 
uh, I feel seen when Bilbo can't sleep um, during the um, like the first night out with the dwarves because uh, one of them is snoring. Like I feel that like all the way into my bones. Um, and so uh, I just love might be a little bit loosely, loosely applied there, but I feel seen. Um, a- Azog the Defiler just sounds and looks cool. Like he I, does I can sound Im- and look cool, but I, I just, I, I just like, like a lot of what, uh, Jackson, Jackson take it takes like a ton of risks and uses like as much of the appendices and like some things from the Cimmerillion and like some other things to just really just kind of do whatever he wants here. Um, Azog being one of them. So I can understand why some people that are very like, uh, book nerds, like might not like that. <laughs> I, I kind of liked it. Um, and then Radagast the Brown, uh, I love his bird nest hat with his like poop. Like whenever, so <laughs> whenever he takes out the hat and he's got the, he's got the poop all the way down. Um, I, I, I love his jackrabbits. Yes. Yeah. Pulling the, the rabbits. Pull it, pulling the uh, the sled, and then uh, I like Elrond, Saruman, and Galadriel cameos. You know, like some of it feels a, can feel a little bit like, hey, remember this person? Like they've been around forever, so we have to talk about them. Like during this part, but I think that it's it's there for a reason, you know, and it kind of gives you some good, uh, and, and it kind of it gives you some good foreshadowing of Sauron and Lord of the, and like the impending Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know? So just ties it, ties it, uh, ties it together very well. All right, let's jump into uh, favorite scenes. Um, well, you already mentioned the first thing I wrote down because I said it, I wrote the story of smog. Like, yeah, the it's intro. really cool yeah. that they don't show him, but I also love the description, like the description the verbal is amazing, like talking about what he was like and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, it's just a really cool introduction um, to the story and him telling it. And I love the way they do it. Like with that, you also mentioned like the old Bilbo and like yeah. Frodo literally like running off to the woods to go meet Gandalf. Like you're literally setting up the beginning of a uh, fellowship right mm-hmm. there. And like tying it to that is just a really cool way to start off. No, I had that one as well. Um, shortly after, you've got the dwarves uh, coming to dinner at Bilbo's, and so you kind of—it's uh, you meet the crew, uh, even though it's not necessarily like a heist movie. It it, it really feels like it, especially when you just kind of. <laughs> the thing that I would say is that like you're just meeting the crew, and you don't really meet and need or feel like you know anything about them. Like that's what there's just so many of them. It's like oceans 13, like <laughs> or oceans 12 um, uh, did a good job of being like, Hey, this is who this person is. And this is what they do. And then it was just kind of like, here's a bunch of names that all sound almost exactly the same. And they come in pairs. So you don't know Keely and Feely and Balin and Dwalin and Oin and Gloin. And I'm, you don't know if I'm just <laughs> making up stuff now, you know? So those are the things that I think uh, like differentiate it between Lord of the Rings and you feel uh, Biffer and Boffer um, and some of those things. So, um, so those, those are the things that like as reading a book, it's much easier 
to um, pull those things out and and get some of those characterizations or at least remember who people are. Um, there's a lot of darkness in some of these things. And it's hard to tell like whenever they're in such peril, like uh, like differentiating those dwarves from each other other than Thorin, Balin, and Dwalin, you know, and Bilbo, you know. Bomber's a little bit. That, that big, yeah, that big boy true. comes rolling down. That's you can true. see him pretty good too. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I do like the, the the setup with them, but it also kind of yeah. makes you think about some of the things that are are a little bit less than in in the movie as well. So yeah, I love Bilbo's indignation through that whole part. I had that one written down too, just for Bilbo. Like I love Bilbo when all the dwarves are showing up because he's hilarious. Because he's like he has to have these manners to a certain yeah. extent because he's proper, and so right. like he can't just be a jerk. And he, by the time he finally gets fed enough to try and be a jerk, they don't care. Like they're yeah. just they're just coming in and falling all over things, and it's great. This is exactly what it's like whenever I have people over at my house. It's like <laughs> I want to be a good host. I want to have them come over, but then whenever they're just like jacking with all this stuff, I'm like, no, no, don't do don't do that. Stop that. Stop <laughs> slamming that door. Yeah. All right. Now I know what's like when I come to Troy's house for real. Okay. <laughs> Oh, no, I mean, like, middle school boys whenever we have them over for, like, the pool party at the end of the year, and they're just destroying the house. Yeah. Um, the next one I have is super connected to that. I love the washing the dishes scene. Like, when the dwarves start washing the dishes, I love it. It's so cheesy. It's so dumb. Oh. It's so many ways. And I'm just like, I don't care. This is kind of fun. Yeah. So I have that later. Okay. <laughs> that's fine that's fine that's fine <laughs> whatever you want whatever you want so i have a second flashback after that the thorin oaken shield um versus azog um balin really like gets into this one and tells this story um and it's uh it's a lot of exposition like this this whole movie we're gonna get to uh some more <laughs> um there's a lot of exposition but i like the way that he handles it um i don't know i'm a sucker for some of those things like i really like the the exposition and the flashback at the beginning of lord of the rings too so i don't know i don't have that scene but i do have a couple lines from balan as he's telling Mm -hmm. i do like how balan tells the story though it is that part is really good um man all mine was towards the beginning i really love talking to gandalf about the contract yeah. And like their whole conversation. One, Gandalf says some really good stuff. And then there's really funny stuff when some of the dwarves drive in on some stuff. So we'll have plenty of that when we get to uh, Drax yeah. that I'll bring up. But I really enjoy those. Um, and then I jump all the way to the trolls from there. Like I get a little bogged down. Yeah. On some it's spots. A, and that, that was the hard thing is kind of trimming some of that because it's such a long movie. I mean, even the the non-extended version, it's two two fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Um the the uh extended version is like almost right at three, uh three hours. So it really counts as extended edition when you only have like ten minutes. Like yeah, in the other two it's that's just like, called deleted scenes, bro. That's it not is, an extended edition. <laughs> They did kind of throw that in there versus like Lord of the Rings, like extended editions where it was like, I think the first one was like 
25 and then it was like 30 and then it was like 45. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. 45 pretty, extra minutes. That's extended that's edition. edition. Yeah. Yeah. So in the other two, I think it's like 20 and 25. Do they so. make a, a descended edition that's like shorter and cut down? <laughs> Can I get that version? I want that version. You want that version? Yes. Yeah. Um, I had Radagast the Brown in between there, but I also had Mr. Bibble's Trolls right after that. Um, Radagast is fun. Like everything is, uh, we'll get into uh, some of this a little bit later. I'm in the book is always better. Um, I'll save, I'll save some of that talk. Uh, but Radagast the Brown is fun. He's just kind of an interesting character, even though like his, his portion is probably, he's in a fun character, but his portion of the, of the movie is very serious and very grave you know which is so. kind of an interesting contrast like yeah he's like super goofy but everything he's dealing with is like the most serious stuff in the movie probably so right like I, I have the trolls like i mentioned um that was probably one of the scenes i was looking forward to the most like having read the book like mm, the trolls mm-hmm. like this is one of the that's a big one um that i really liked in the book and so um, and it delivered well. There, there. It's it's enjoyable to see. There's some funny stuff. Hoot like a barn owl twice. Um, <laughs> just funny stuff in the midst of it. So it was well done. That, that was a, an enjoyable scene. Yeah, I feel like that's where Peter Jackson was probably the most faithful in his adaptation. Um, I mean, he's got the tone, or he's he's got a the the through line of the plot, but he just goes about it in a completely different way than I think a lot of people um, expected him to. So um, I have a third flashback. Is it technically a flashback? Because I, I guess it is because Radagast is telling it in flashback form, but it was, he's basically relaying all of the things that happened to him. At, he, he's talking about the necromancer at Dol Guldur and uh, is really helping Gandalf understand what's going on. It, which, even though it's a good scene, like the the plot of that, as it extends throughout these other movies, really gets bogged down in like being like very like instead of just kind of foreshadowing Lord of the Rings, they're just like we're going to tell a book ended story with some of this stuff with like Sauron. It just kind of I don't know. That's what I. I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead with that. Um, I, I want to make sure that it's like, it's, it's kind of interesting and kind of starts out really well in the, in the first movie. And then like, by the time you get to the second and the third movie, you're just like, we just turned a like 80 80 page, like kids movie into a three, like six, a six hour movie, like trilogy. Like, yeah. What are, what are we doing here? Yeah. So it, it was like, yeah, we'll get to it, but yeah. There's a little, the pendulum so wanted, swung hard the other way. Yeah. I wanted to kind of get out ahead of the, oh, why did you like that? And it's like, well, I like the beginning of it. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, I really love when they get to Rivendale. Yeah. It's just cool. Like the visuals are amazing as always, which it should be. Like this is literally familiar territory. Right. Uh, for Jackson and doing this. But the, the dwarves hanging out there, like, eating the salad like what is this where's the meat like it's this funny stuff i love yeah. the moment where uh he throws bomber the sauce like he sees bomber sitting on this bench and is like 
that's about to break and throws in the sausage yeah. and that's literally like the last straw and it just cracks and they all <laughs> just start laughing like crazy and uh everything just looks cool in Rivendell too and you get the yeah. you get the you get the music cuz we're dealing with elves and we got to stick with our themes on music they do a good job with that again throughout right. um so just lots of good things there yeah um closely uh following that i've got elrond reading the moon runes just kind of a cool little like something that we didn't notice or something that wasn't uh done in lord of the rings just a cool little world building thing um it does give you the like oh this is like perfectly aligned to happen like <laughs> right at this moment it's like come on now uh, but of course of course if you were that's probably movie magic if it was like tolkien it would like be like or if it's the the book and i'm forgetting little pieces of the book they probably were stayed there for like two years to like make <laughs> right. sure that they were there during the the proper time if we're probably we, going we bunker down the for the whole winter yeah. to find yeah. the moon. Yeah. <laughs> so um i jump all the way to Gollum after that mm. big jump um and Gollum is, is at his creepy best um i love when he starts talking to himself and Bilbo's like, what? And he looks around. I wasn't talking to you. Like, <laughs> like circus just knows. And Jack, yeah. like they know this character inside and out by this point. And they're just, it's great. Um, yeah. All his, if, if he loses precious, then we eat it. Like just, he's just, and he's just eating it up. Like yeah. answering the riddles. Is it scrumptious? Like just, <laughs> there's so many good things in that scene. I, I could, it's great. I love I love Gollum and Bilbo having the conversation. So yeah. So I had that one as well, but before I got there, I had Gandalf meets with Sauron, uh, Elrond, and Galadriel. I I, st I still like some of that, like these keepers, uh, these wards of Middle Earth um, conversation, you know. And you can kind of start seeing that Sauron's like meddling with some things that he shouldn't. Um, but you also see. Uh, you get a lot of background as to why uh, Gandalf trusts Bilbo so much, you know, and uh, why why he comes to trust Frodo so much as well, yeah. you know. Um, the Goblin Trap is like kind of a cool little like diversion, but like I put it on there. It's 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 kind of fun, but it seems like that, and then uh, it just seems to go on forever. Yes. Like, especially in the extended uh, versions, there's like a song in there uh, for the Goblin King. Yeah, there's a lot more songs in the extended versions that they cut out. Because, I mean, you read The Hobbit, like, there's a lot of songs in that yes. book. And there's a lot of songs in Lord of the Rings. And, like, you could tell that um, Peter Jackson was like, oh, maybe I'll be a little bit more faithful. And then he was like, nope, cutting room floor. <laughs> like, just we'll put them in there for the nerds, you know. No, nope, so. we're going to cut the song that's in the book and add a whole lot of stuff that's nowhere near it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so they've got, they've got some of that in there. Uh, and then I had the riddles in the dark, like you were talking about. So. Um, now I have escaping from the goblins a little bit like it's too yeah. long. But it is a really cool kind of like action set piece. Like there's some really fun stuff. It's almost like he wanted to make it like his second Ammon Hen, you know, just to kind of like <laughs> yeah. mirror mirror that um, that ending of the first movie, right? So yeah, it's just like you said, it went on way too long, way too long. Um, 
And that's my last one because that's where I think the first movie should stop. <laughs> you don't like the word chase at the end? Nope. Yeah. It is a little too much overkill. Well, yeah. and, and I'll get to it. It's in my quote. Like, Bilbo has a great line. Like, it's wrapped up. It feels like, all right, cool. That's the end. And you're like, oh, wait, there's 25 minutes left of this movie. Like, yeah. And unnecessary for the most part. I mean, there's a couple of cool things that happen, but I started to write a couple down. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not putting my favorite scenes because I don't think any of them should exist. So. So you didn't, you wouldn't even like it as the start to like the next movie. That might be okay. Depending on how long the next one was. Okay. I do. I do like it in the sense that he engenders some kind of um, like camaraderie with Thorin um, because like he stands up for him. Like when all of his other like companions are completely like nowhere to be found. They're all up in the trees and yeah. he's the one that like jumps down and helps him, you know? Um, so I, I did have the word chase to like, and uh, the Eagle rescue and just kind of like the, the ending. I so. do love Eagles. It's always cool when they show up. Yeah. I started to write it down and like, Nope, I'm not doing it. I refuse. Yeah. I'm protesting. <laughs> um, I, knowing that like full well, that it's not going to be um, maybe I shouldn't put them in my favorite scene if they're not supposed to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so what do you have as your favorite? Oh, it's Gollum. Gollum. It's, it's riddles in the dark. It's yeah. He's so good through that. Just so over the top creepy. And just, yeah. It's great. He's chewing it up, eating it up. The close, uh, it would be riddles in the dark for me. I mean, that's the like the main focus of this uh, of this movie because of how he split it up. Um, obviously, it's not the focus of the book, um, but um, Mister Bilbo's trolls would, would be like a uh, a very close second. To yes, me. I just I just really like how how he did that. So. All right, let's move on to uh, Drax Award. Uh, I'll, I'll say that this one was a little bit tougher uh, than uh, Lord of the Rings because there's a lot of, uh, we mentioned, uh, or at least I did, a lot of this exposition and these like flashbacks and, and things. Like it's a lot of monologues um, from, from characters telling you stories. So some of the stuff that's in there is like good, but it's like, Oh my gosh, I have to get like a paragraph through to like convey that message. So yeah, I struggled with that. Yeah, there's there's a good bit of that. There's some nice like some quippy good, some good quippy. There's some good quippy goodness, and there's some really good like nice deep thought. Like when I do movie parables with students, like mm-hmm. the full blown version that we do, like I'll have like a main lesson and then like a week's like five devotions for them to take home that are usually based on just quotes from the movie. Like there's like, here's, here's kind of the big idea that we can talk about. And then here's like just some other stuff to, to give you the rest of the week. Uh And this is one of the easiest ones ever. Like, Oh yeah. There's just so many nice, like, Oh, here's this quote. I can just lay out the scripture that goes perfectly with this. And you can read that like so easy. Cause there's some nice, most of them from Gandalf. I was just going to say Gandalf is like just popping off, like just dropping dimes all over. So, so you want to, you want to start us out first? Uh, Sure. Um, 
I forgot to write down who says this. It might just be in the opening exposition stuff with Bilbo, but uh, where sickness thrives, bad things will follow. Mm, mm-hmm. um, like I said, there's just good little nice. I could go on in spiritual metaphors for days, probably just with the quotes from this movie. There's lots of good stuff. So, yeah, um, I've got uh, Bilbo early on. Uh, good morning to Gandalf. What do you mean? Do you mean to wish me a good morning? Do you mean that it is a good morning, whether I want it or not? Or perhaps you mean to say that you feel good on this particular morning? Or are you simply stating that this is a morning to be good on? Bilbo goes, not all of them at once, I suppose. <laughs> uh, that would do. That's yeah. it. I love the good morning conversation. Um, same conversation. Um, Gandalf's trying to like explain stuff and and Gandalf means me. me. Like it's like he doesn't know where to go. <laughs> me. Uh, staying with that same conversation, Bilbo goes, can I help you? And he goes, well, that remains to be seen. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to say to anybody that says, can I help you? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> be a grumpy old man. Yeah. Yes. Um, I had to write this line down just because it's funny the way they use it and it gets repeated in the, the scene it's in, uh, but at your service, like I had to write it down. Like this, mm. this ridiculous way to greet or at your service. And they just all come in and take over his house. Like you're not at his service. You're taking over. He's at your service. I don't know why right. you're saying. <laughs> it becomes a nice little joke. Right. Um, Thorin, whenever he meets Bilbo, uh, he says he looks more like a grocer than a burglar. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think like t- calling somebody a grocer could be like a good cut down, but he makes it like really apparent. <laughs> Um, Gandalf talking about Bill is probably close to that. Um, he's a great deal more to offer than any of you know, including himself. Like I love, especially like the including himself part. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, one of the more like fun ones uh, when uh, they get to Rivendell, uh, um, like Elrond comes out and greets the dwarves. And he's speaking in Elvish and Gloin goes, what did he say? Does he offer us insult? And Gandalf says, no, Master Gloin, he's offering you food. And they go, they talk, talk to themselves and he goes, very well then, lead on. <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. I don't care what he said as long as it, <laughs> it involves the food. food. Yeah. The hobbits are Baptist. Yeah. Or uh, dwarves, dwarves, I guess, too. are Baptist. Yeah. Hobbits too. They all just eat. It's all yeah. about food in Middle Earth. Yeah. Um, I love the list, and I don't remember which dwarf it is because it's not one of the three that we can actually remember. Um, but the list of injuries when they're talking about the dragon and the dangers mm-hmm. from Bilbo going, mm-hmm. he's like, he'll melt the flesh right off your bones in the blink of an eye. And it like, keeps going. And he goes, think furnace with wings. <laughs> he's like, boffer. Yeah, I'm gonna go I think with you're boffer. right. Um, he throws one last searing pain flash of light and you're nothing more than a pile of ash like it's when bilbo's like freaking out and he's just not helping at all like <laughs> making it sound as bad as possible it's great yeah when galadriel and gandalf are talking to each other uh in rivendell um she says mithrandir uh why the halfling he says i don't know saruman believes that it is only great power that can hold evil in check but that is not what i have found i have found it is the small things, everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keeps the darkness at bay. Simple acts of kindness and love. Why Bilbo Baggins? 
perhaps it is because I'm afraid and he gives me courage. So, yeah, I had all that too. It's great. Yep. I'm sure that makes it into the uh, spiritual metaphors. It might make an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Just maybe, just maybe (laughs) told you Gandalf Gandalf's like just dropping beautiful dimes all over this movie with those kinds of things. They're just great. He's like Chris Paul, the point God. He is. (laughs) Um, more Gandalf dropping good things. He looks at Bilbo. Um, these two aren't right next to each other, but close. He says something about like the world is not in your books and maps. It's out there. Um, and then same conversation. He says, you've been sitting far too long. Like mm, mm-hmm. it's time to get out there. So, yeah. Uh, I've got a golem. And yes. Is it tasty? Is it scrumptious? <laughs> The uh, scrumptious is so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, Gandalf and Bilbo are talking, and Gandalf's telling about his some long lost relative that rode a horse or whatever that like chopped off a goblin's head and it fell in a hole. He says, Thus the game of golf was invented at the same time. And Bilbo goes, <laughs> I do believe you made that up. <laughs> Just call us Matt. Um Thor and Oakenshield, um, uh, as after they get back to, uh, they kind of come up on that bluff, like as they're going over, uh, or as the Eagles drop them off. And he goes, you, what were you doing? You nearly got yourself killed. Did I not say that you would be a burden, that you would not survive in the wild, and that you have no place amongst us? I've never been so wrong in all my life. That one was good. That one was good. Um, it almost redeemed the last 25 minutes of the movie, but not quite. Um, <laughs> when uh, when Bilbo's still deciding, apparently I really like the opening stuff because I have like 52 quotes just from the beginning. Um, he's talking to Gandalf. says, can you promise that I will come back? And Gandalf says, no. And if you do, you won't be the same. Uh, so the last one I have is uh, the end of that Thorin uh, Bilbo exchange where he says, and I am sorry for doubting you. And Bilbo says, no, it's fine. I would have doubted me too. I'm not a hero or a warrior. And then he looks up at Gandalf and says, not even a burglar. <laughs> yeah. I have that one too. It's a good one. Um, I love when Bilbo screams, I'm going on an adventure as he runs out of the Shire. Yeah. I like that part too. Um, Balin, when he's telling the story um, about Thorin that you mentioned, he's, he has a couple lines. He says, that's when I saw him. And like the way yeah. he says it is is mm-hmm. just great. And then towards the end, he says, there's one I could follow. There's one I could call King. Yeah. It's just good stuff. Yeah, there's like a really good music like swell right there too. And like like it's kind of like the action movie, like Thorin's hair blowing in the wind. Like yes. he's got his shield and his like sword and everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I already mentioned Hoot twice like a barn owl during the troll scene. <laughs> um Gandalf has a good one. And uh it really ties in well since you've already seen Lord of the Rings, like since we've already watched those at this point, 10 years before them, it says true courage is knowing is knowing not when to take a life, but when to spare one, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, you know, even when he says it, you're like, all right, foreshadowing, we're talking about Gollum. Okay. Um, It was still good. Yep. And then I had save me from the stubbornness of dwarves. 
Um, I like I like that moment. <laughs> like just totally, I'm just done with you guys. Drive me crazy. Yeah. Um, except it saved me from the stubbornness of Baptists. I think that's just my <laughs> line. So that's, that's I changed it slightly. Um, and then I love Bilbo's at the end, which should be the end. Um, yeah, he's like, that's why I came back because you don't have one a home. It was taken from you, but I will mm. help you take it back if I can. Mm-hmm. In scene, fade to black. Yeah, um, just kidding. You could have them look out across and see something then at that moment, but that should be the yeah. nice tied up end. Especially after that, like just heartbreaking talk with Boffer as he's about to leave. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 It all tied well. And then all of a sudden you just get this weird, oh, hey, look, here's a warg and then they're going to chase you. <laughs> Thought the movie was over. Right. It wouldn't be as frustrating if I didn't have that line that I'm like, this is perfect to end this movie on. Like, yeah. Like you said, very reminiscent of how Fellowship ends. Like, we're running out of here and we're getting away. And Except Gandalf doesn't have to die this time, we think. Yep. So, that's better. <laughs> Do you want to choose a favorite? Mine would be Gandalf. Like, wh- where it ends with, like, perhaps it is because I'm afraid and he yeah. gives me courage. Yeah. yeah, that would probably be mine, too. Yeah, That's a good little... It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to uh, recognize my face, or when we do Lord of the Rings, um, the uh, the King Theoden. I know your face. And I literally had a I know your face, and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> and when I finally found it, it was glorious. This is one of my favorite recognize my faces because it was literally recognize my face. Oh, nice! Uh, but it was Richard Armitage. That's- Who's, who's Thorin? Like, I know it's weird to do that for like one of the like stars of the movie, mm-hmm. but he's Guy of Gisborne from the BBC show Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And it like anytime you're in Middle Earth, like they're all hairy and looking weird in these, so it's right. hard to tell. But like you can mm-hmm. see just enough that I'm like, this guy looks so familiar. Why do I know who this is? And then stroll through the IMBD and it jumped, and now I can't unsee it. So yeah. <laughs> uh. So mine are um, mostly because Lori and her shows. Um, so like uh, Graham McTavish, who plays uh, Dwalin, uh, is Dougal McKenzie in uh, the show Outlander. Uh, and then Aiden Turner, who plays uh, Killy, uh, is Poldark, who's like a PBS like period drama dude that has like five seasons of stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah that's what that guy is. So like, I don't like love those shows, but like, I know them well enough that I'm like, Oh yeah. I I always forget that they're in these uh, or in this movie. And that was like, I didn't want to put them in before they were stars because that's not necessarily like star making turns or anything like that. Or at least for me, it's not. So I thought recognize my face would be a a good spot. And uh, Lee Pace, I always remember him as Ronan. Uh, so he's Thranduil. He's the like elf elven king, like the really tall dude that's riding yeah. in on the elk. Um, he's Ronan the Accuser from uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. It's just hard to see it because he's got tons yeah. of blue makeup on. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just a, a big dude. So everyone's like, oh, like we want the 6'4 dude. To like tower <laughs> over everybody else. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and then the last one I have um, 
it's a little bit more prevalent, like because he's got more uh, room to like kind of explore in uh, the extended editions. Uh, but Barry Humphreys is the um, voice for the Goblin King, and he's Bruce from Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> so that was more of a recognize my voice. So, That's fantastic, though. Yeah. I want to put those images together in my head now. That's good stuff. Right. So that was the only one that you had? That was the only one I had. Okay. I was a slacker. I'm recognizing my no, face. Cause, no. Because everybody else, I'm like, I haven't watched any of this stuff. What is right. this? Right. So, Especially when you get into like some of the dwarf stuff. Oh, man. It's some just of all... them have some crazy... Yeah, just British, British shows. I'm a lot sure. of crossover, though. It was funny how many yeah. times like the same little show or something would show up. I'm like, what is that? Like three of them are in this. So, yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to who beefed and try not to get bogged down too too <sighs> much here. <laughs> I actually don't have that much written down. Yeah. Um, it, it, most of it is just summed up in it's too long. Yeah. Like, and and. I would love to know. Maybe you know this. You, you dive into these things more. Like, because Jackson took some heat for stuff he didn't put in Lord of the Rings. Right. Like, was this his, like, oh, yeah, I didn't put enough in those? Well, take this. Yeah. Like, I feel like there was just, I don't know if it was that vindictive, but I mean, like, there was some mentality somewhere that was like, all right, we're going to stuff this thing full of everything I can think of. Um, I, I, one of the, one of the notes that I read was that, um, they wanted to make a, they wanted it to be two movies. They they knew that they couldn't do just one and do it justice. And so they did two movies. And then by the time that they shot everything, they had enough for like two and a half. And so they had to like go back and do some reshoots and some kind of fleshing out some of the parts. And by the end of this bad boy, it's just, it's just bloated. It's, it's a hot mess, you know, um, like there's fun parts, there's good parts. Um, but is the whole, um, it's just, once you see what Lord of the Rings could be, and it's just, I don't know, it, it would be one of those interesting thought exercises of what, what, if this came first and then Lord of the Rings came after, like, would it catch as much heat as it does? Or would people like see it from the perspective of like, oh, he figured it out. Like, you know, yeah, like, I don't know. So, yeah. so from, from, to answer your question with as much as I know, I, I think some of it with that and, and the success of the extended versions of Lord of the Rings, you know, like that's back when there was still a lot of physical media. And I mean, people were buying that thing left and right. And so there was a, like a hunger for that. Um, but I think that people quickly understood like, oh, maybe we just didn't want all of that all at <laughs> once. Like, yeah. you know, and and I think that he just still does a good job of, even though those movies are long, like keeping them, I, I feel like the humanity drops out of this one too fast. Like, and it becomes more of an action movie where it's, it's kind of like a Fast and the Furious, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just like the one one thing run right after the other. And nobody then jumped of, a car off a building, so I don't know what you're. Oh, it's true. That's true. <laughs> um, no, so, I know what you mean. But I, yeah, like where it's just like constant go 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 go, and it's like take a breath. Like he just didn't space it out enough, like towards the end, where you just feel like it's just too much. Like you said, 
you get to the end and you're like, oh, there's 25 minutes left, like in this movie. So I don't know. I'm I'm still droning on, but that's 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 my thoughts on. Uh, I think that he just kind of kept adding and adding and adding and adding and was just like, oh, I have to keep adding this because that doesn't make sense until I do this, you know. So I don't know. And last time they were they were mad because I didn't put enough stuff in, so <laughs> just leave it. Right. Yeah, it's just two movies I think would have been perfect. Like you could tell this story. Yes. Two movies would be okay. But it it's so ridiculous to think about that like a Lord of the Rings book is one movie and the Hobbit is three right. movies. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. So I mean most of most of everything I have in Who Beefed, a lot of it is just why did we have to add this in? Why did we have to add this in? Like someone just needed to come in and do some real trimming on some of this. And and there's some really cool looking stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, like the thunder battle, for instance. Yes. Yeah. Does it look cool? Sure. Yeah. Was it necessary? Did it actually mm-hmm. add anything to the story? To No, nothing. And that's not, yeah. and it's not how it happens in the book. Right. Um, like they're just off in the distance and they're not fighting. They're just playing. Like you could have yeah. had like that moment where they're like walking up and you see that or something. And, it could have been a short little thing, but no, we turned it into like several minutes in long. peril. Yeah. Yes. And everyone's yeah. about to die. Yeah. Um, always. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that. Like, I don't remember having that feeling in the book of reading right. the Hobbit that like everyone's about to die at every second. Like, no, yeah. there's a couple of little moments where things seem that way, but they're few and far between. Right. Not constant edge of your seat. Yeah, I, I think that he kind of he just got a little too carried away with the, the theatricality of like everything, like turning everything into like this big set piece. And I don't know. It, it seems a little mealy mouthed or like talking out of both sides of your mouth whenever you just gush about all the things that you love about Lord of the Rings. And it's very similar. And he's just like, I just I just did the thing. I did the thing again, guys. Right. But there's just it's it's lacking the humanity and the and it's lacking being grounded even though there are parts where he tries to kind of insert that in there it's just sometimes there's just these long stretches and i know that i'm speaking from experience of the the extended edition but there's only like 13 minutes like like yeah. i said of the extended edition so it shouldn't be that bad you know no i don't know i mean it feels that way in the regular one too a lot of yeah. times like you know, it's just, I know it's the same world and you even have some of the same characters, Yeah. but it's, it's a different story. And he, it's yeah. almost like he's trying to tell it the same way. Yeah. And it, it, that just doesn't work. Like this is a different story, a different kind of story. It's not, the, the world is not about to end in yeah. the Hobbit, you know, like the eye is not out there. Sauron is not coming this moment for everyone. It's just not, it shouldn't have the same tension and the same stakes because it, it just doesn't. This is this is something that we had a kids' cartoon about that we all watched. Right? And we we're like, yeah, oh, Hobbit, happy mm-hmm. little guy. Like, okay, yeah. I mean, uh, some of the things that we talk about normally in this section is like whether the CGI is holding up. It's only been ten years, so it's like it all looks like pristine and really good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not an issue. But the biggest thing is like giving it some time um, to kind of see like 
if the disappointment like in the moment, I mean, we talked about this a lot, especially with Calvin um, about the, uh, the prequel trilogy. And now that like, there's been enough time and like a lot of people like that's their trilogy growing up, like it's gotten a little bit of more of an accepting uh, in the star Wars community. Now um, I, I still feel like this one, like, yeah, like it's I only mean, 10 years. Like, right. There's not enough of, I mean, between original, especially between original and prequel trilogy, Star Wars, right. like there is time. I mean, like, yeah, 77 to 99, right? Yeah. yeah 22 years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like there's people that were little and now they're showing it to their little kids, like, and 10 years just isn't quite enough to have the same effect. So, yeah, I feel I feel the same about it uh, as I do like the like especially the first one, and maybe I'm I'm probably like, and I think that the first one is probably the best of the three. Yeah, like yeah. So. Well, and especially with the adding, like Azog does look cool, and there you know it still sort of makes sense that this guy's after Thorin or whatever, even if like super Tolkien nerds be like, there's no way it could be Azog. It could be his son or it could be that like, you right. can go read all that stuff. But by the second one, when you start bringing in literally just bring in Legolas, like yeah. you're like, Nope, no, nah, sorry. Checked out. <laughs> no. Love Legolas in, in Lord of the Rings. Don't get me wrong, right. but he's not in the Hobbit. You can't do this to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was just a little too much fan service as we get through the process. So, yeah. It's like make it your own. Bring bring or bring bring somebody else into it, you know? So, anyway. Uh my least favorite scene is the cleanup scene with uh, the singing. <laughs> but I I don't like a lot of the singing <laughs> in these books, so I'm just a I'm I'm just a, a grump when it comes to that. Um, but at the same time, like, do we need to edit that out of the movie? I mean, it's just so few and far between that it, it really wouldn't pile up, you know? So. It's a rare moment of light levity right. in this thing, too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, my my plot hole uh, slash quibbles, um, I think that they're just trying to, like, represent it. But, like, as those guys that are, like, running out of Erebor, when um, uh, Smaug comes and, like, kind of lays waste to everything, it's like... So the elves go all the way there to like help them, and then just like, nah, <laughs> nah, I'm good. Oh, well, that like, dragon's bigger than I thought. Let's go yeah, home, guys. Let's go home. Yeah. So yeah, just super that is weird. Kind of messed up. I never thought yeah. about that, but it is. Yeah. So just a small little thing, but um. So what do you got for uh, book is always better? Sorry, just just Lori's Lori's the book is always better. Lori's the book is always better. Um. Oh, Lord tells me the, the elves weren't going there to help them. They're going to there to fight them. See, Jackson didn't do a good job of. Making, oh, yeah. I didn't understand that at that all. Very apparent. Yeah. Okay. And so then they just stopped and let the dragon kill them all. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's they were already, smart. They were actually. already the, smoked. Yeah. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of things that we've already kind of mentioned is that Jackson just kind of starts throwing stuff in that's not in the book but is definitely Tolkien universe type things yes. to kind of uh, 
tie some some of these loose ends together and and kind of make a a little bit of a cohesive story and and some nods to to things for people it's like there's no radagast in the hobbit um he's definitely part of the lord of the rings but he was nowhere to be found in the lord of the rings movies i'm sure he was like oh let's let's put this in (laughs) yeah he's he was definitely there during that time so um, and there weren't as many history lessons that I remember. I mean, it's a Tolkien book. I mean, there's always going to be history lessons, but um, not as many yeah. um, as it, it would seem um, from from this movie, at least. So um, one of my big ones is like Bilbo is not this like even an accidental warrior, you know? that he is like in the movies like it's just like he's kind of swinging stuff around and then it meets like the brain of a a warg or an orc or whatever and it's just like okay you're you're trying to show that he's not but like he's like the the herky-jerky like pickup basketball player that's like (laughs) giving you fits like you don't look good you're not fluid but you're you're actually good at basketball like when it comes down to it you're scrappy like i don't know that just seems a little bit overblown um he's brave to be sure um but but not to this like extent that he like is truly heroic in that way you know yeah which is funny because he nails frodo in this way like there's not some moment where frodo starts like beating people down and doing any of that you know doing any of this stuff so like you already nailed this kind of character in some ways why are we like kind of seeming to swing and miss with how we're doing bilbo this way yeah i don't know maybe it's just maybe i'm taking some of that stuff out of context. He was kind of like the bumbling, like just kind of ends up into it and, and uses his wits uh, more than anything and his compassion, you know? So I don't know. The last thing that I had was, um, uh, and it was just kind of a a difference more than the book is always better. Like Thranduil doesn't really have a name in the Hobbit. He's just kind of referred to as the Elven King. Um, And then like later on in Lord of the Rings, uh, when they, when Legolas goes to Lothlorien, um, they call him Legolas Thranduilion, which is Legolas son of Than Thranduil. So it's like you just kind of put the pieces together. So. Yeah. Um, the necromancer is not so prominent in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I get wanting to tie in eventually Sauron, but like, we did such a cool job with Smog of like making us wait. Yeah. And then, like, throw that idea out the window with the necromancer. Like, here he is. Let's take yeah. a look. Like, here's all this stuff. <laughs> like, give me a little more mystery on that stuff. Like, I'm okay with the tie-in. Um, but make me, like, make me earn the payoff. Don't kind of throw it out here to be, like, Gandalf does leave in the book and isn't with him. And then kind of comes back and tells him. But, like, here we, like, basically watch Gandalf go leave and do all this yeah. other stuff. And, like, that's some of the bloated part that, like, you could have trimmed this down and just give me a couple minutes to explain some stuff instead of making like whole scenes to go do this stuff. So, yeah, it, it is, it is a lot. Yeah. So, um, let's move on to uh breakout performance. Did you have anybody in here? Oh, I had a couple more who beef moments. They're just oh, yeah, yeah, goofier yeah. things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we're all familiar with the phrase, uh, why bring a knife to a gunfight? Right. But one of these dudes brings a slingshot 
to the battle and it's ridiculous <laughs> okay it gets worse in one of the other movies where they're just throwing rocks at stuff i was gonna I say the third one it's just awful yeah. where you're like these giant creatures are being taken out because you threw a rock at him like no but at least they kind of make fun of it in this one because he shoots the troll with the slingshot and it like barely bothers the troll it's like an annoyance right and you're like yeah, you just shot a troll with a slingshot, man. You expected this to have an effect? Like, oh, I killed him. You're yeah. not David. God is not on your side. <laughs> You're not killing Goliath. Okay, only effective use of a slingshot in the history of mankind. Right. Um, that part was just funny. I always love the ring of power's ability to land on someone's finger. Someone's in finger. Yep. And this one is like, not only does it land, then it like instantly slides all the way down his finger. Like, right. It's ridiculous. It cracks me up. Um, I have to question the wisdom of Gandalf just a little bit. I think, he's, I think he's not above reproach. <laughs> You're in a tree. Yeah. Let's start a fire. I'm just saying. Like, we're stuck up in this tree over a yeah. cliff. Let's start throwing. I know that it's really cool. It is a cool effect to throw the flaming acorns at the wargs. I kind of right. like it. That's one of those, like, this is really cool. If I thought this scene should exist at all, I would probably love this part. <laughs> but since it shouldn't be here anyway, I am not going to give it any love. But yeah. part of me is also, you just started a fire underneath the tree that you're stuck in, like your own tree. Like, it's not yeah. even like the orcs and, did this. You did this. And if I remember correctly, the timing is such that he's not even thinking about like the Eagles at that point. It's like, he's already done it. And then he finds the moth and like starts yeah. talking to it. And so it's just like this kind of like, <laughs> Oh no, my bad. My bad. Guys. Sorry guys. I just roasted us alive in this tree. Yeah. But don't worry. The moth showed up. The Eagles will save us as always. So yeah. Yep. So that was it. Sorry. Okay. No, no worries. Uh, so uh, what did you have for breakout performance? If you, if you did have any. I have Martin Freeman with some question marks. Yeah. Like, I don't know if Sherlock in the MCU really count as like, I'm totally broken out by this point. I don't know. So MCU, he, he didn't quite get there. Right. Cause his first one is uh black Panther, which is uh 16, right? Supposedly. And one before that, I thought like just okay. a brief, so Sherlock, Sherlock, comes. Sherlock. Yeah, I, th I think that I think that Sherlock is. Oh, it was uh, Civil War. You're right. In yes. 16. Yeah. Civil War in 16. I, I think Sherlock is the bigger thing that would say, oh, yeah, you're like, yeah. Oh, actually, now that I go back and look at it, is he in Sherlock before he's in this? Does Sherlock start sooner? Yes. It's just because of the way IMBD list stuff. that I Exactly. Because it goes to the end. Yeah. Because it's. It's so there went my breakout performance because he yeah. are, Sherlock is the breakout then if that comes first. So yeah, take so away what, my one entry into breakout performance. What's funny is that it makes me take away my uh, before they were stars because <laughs> I didn't see when Sherlock was on there. So uh, I'm glad that uh, we stopped that dead in its track. I didn't have any breakout performances. Everyone's pretty much like off the table at this point, like um, you would think that Armitage probably would get some work from this, but no, he's he was... getting like the Julia styles award for this, right? Like yeah. this guy should be huge. And then where is he? I think that he was just like, 
I don't like a movie, so I'm going to go back to doing plays. But I can't verify <laughs> that. You know, he just seems like one of those type of guys. You know, just everybody has these like really weird things, like Benedict Cumberpatch, like and Martin Freeman, um, like right around 2010. Like they're in Sherlock, which is what's funny. Uh, Sherlock uh, was the reason why uh, this movie was pushed so far on top of all of the the issues that uh, with the rights that I was talking about at the very beginning uh, and then delays with like Guillermo del Toro and everybody else like and he just kind of quit. Um, and uh, that was uh, Peter Jackson's big thing was he wanted to wait to have Martin Freeman. That was his Bilbo. And so, so, uh, and even though, uh, Benedict Cumberpatch is like barely in this as the necromancer, I was going to count it, but now I, <laughs> now I can't as the, before they were stars, um, he's in, uh, he's in Star Trek into darkness, um, right after this when, and that's, that's what I think that and Sherlock really catapults him into, uh, being like a big time movie star. So. I remember being like excited for him to be smog in the second one because like yes. that was our like been to come after was already a thing like Same. I was already yep. solidly invested so yep totally so I didn't have anybody in uh, before they were stars either because just the the unfortunate timing of everything like either yeah. people didn't become stars or they became stars before this yeah so, yeah so. not a same here okay I didn't have any iconic moments in this movie either. Did you have even anything? though I don't like it, the ring falling on his finger might count because yeah. they just love doing yeah. that. It's a super annoying moment, but it's like, yeah. oh yeah, that ring got yeah. that's its real magical ability. Nothing else yeah. about it. All the other <laughs> things are lesser. This thing can fall on someone's finger in the blink of an eye. It's amazing. Yeah, I think the 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 two the other two movies like have some more iconic moments like yeah. that you remember um, very well, you know, obviously having to do with Smaug. So Definitely. All right. Uh, the uh, Emperor Palpatine, Jim Carrey, Unlimited Power Award for overacting. Oh, well, you got Circus as Gollum. I mean, that's like. Yeah. He's like, he could almost be in the name if we didn't already have so many names in this, this <laughs> award. Um, and he's just so, he's already done. I mean, he's already been Gollum, you know, before this. And so now it's just like, this is my guy. This is my shot. This, like. I'm here to take over. Um, he does just jumps in and steals the show. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, I would say the Goblin King is like in a bad way. Like, <laughs> like Gollum does it in a good way, but I feel like Goblin King in a bad way. Like the extended version, like you need to go see this song. Like, just, You're just not selling this well. I don't yeah. know. I don't, no, like that's why I didn't tell you like that you needed to track down the extended versions of this. I just asked the question of, did you find the extended version or didn't even try? Yeah. See, yeah. Uh, so the when we when we eventually get to number three, well, so for those of you thinking like, oh no, are they going to do like Lord of the Rings and Hobbit, like in the same vein, we'll do these similar to like what we do with Harry Potter. We'll kind of space it out. We won't wait yeah. for like the other uh, anniversaries on this. But when we eventually get to the third one and the extended version like involves like a chariot um, with one of the dwarves and like basically like a Mad Max style, like blades on the like 
uh on the wheels like maybe i'll get you to watch that one because you're that just sounds like, exciting what sounds is going nuts. on this is like insane yeah so anyway uh that that was the big one for me was the goblin king i just couldn't handle it it's too much he's know? up there I love when he died, like at the end, when he's like, oh, what are you going to do now, wizard? And yeah. like Gandalf owes him and then goes, that'll do, and like falls over and dies. Like, right. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah. Uh, technical cinematography nerd stuff. I didn't really have a whole lot here because everything's just so CGI heavy. You know, it's. Yeah, and this one was even more yeah. like in a lot of ways than Lord of the Rings. Because, like, uh, I did read a thing, like, McKellen had to perform a lot of scenes on a green screen, like, on a totally yeah. different set to achieve uh, they the didn't. The they didn't effect. do the force perspective yeah. stuff. Yeah, they were just, like, it's cheaper to just do it on a green screen, and, yeah. Um, there's some fun stuff in the credits. It lists the publishers of The Hobbit in every language that it was published. Like, it goes on forever at one section, so... Because and it's it's the Hobbit. It's been in a lot of right, a lot of translations there, but they list them all. Yeah. Um, to get at specific scenes, I really like the look of the the moon runes scene, and then that early Erebor stuff, like the dwarf, uh, um, like city, like yeah. down in the depths. Yeah, like that's it's really cool. So, um, favorite song or score moment? Rivendell. Stands yeah. that like partially I like the elf theme a lot. And so yeah. that one that one's really cool. Um and then when Thorn walks, even though it's in the part that shouldn't exist, uh, right. when Thorn walks down the tree trunk towards Azog. Yeah. Uh-huh. That That's part pretty awesome. There's a couple of parts that just almost sway me to be like, yeah. oh, this is really good. I'm glad they put this in. And then I'm like, nope, never mind. But that that one was up there. Uh I kind of already talked about how I don't like a lot of the singing and the songs like from the books and in the movie. The one exception uh, is the Misty Mountain song that they sing in Bobo's house is like goosebumps. Like, yes, cool. Like they can do that all day, you know? So, yeah, Um, that one was really cool. I really like that one. Um, Spiritual metaphors and illustrations. I mean, I literally have written down, you know, the Saruman believes it's only great power line. That was our favorite quote. Um, mm-hmm. It's just so good. Um, you know, they, the simple acts of kindness and love. Um, just that, that God uses the small, the simple, the unlikely. I mean, and even even Bilbo not knowing what he's capable of and how Gandalf points that out multiple times to him. Like, even Bilbo doesn't know, like, how he can be used and what he can do. And um that's just such a picture of us. Like we can totally be used. Like there's times where we think, Oh, I can't do this or I'm not good at that. And God's like, I can use anything and I can use anyone uh, to do anything I want. I'm, I'm God. And it's not about like, Oh, you're too small. You know, it's not about how the world looks at us and how the world sees us. It's how God sees us. Um, And just those simple things too. Like that. I love that line, the simple acts of kindness and love. Like it very much reminds me of, you know, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. Like it isn't these great, huge, massive things in the world's eyes that we need to go do. It's just the simple acts of following God, those simple everyday things that we can do that God can use to to change so much um, in people around us. It's just, Bilbo's just a great image too of like, 
this unlikely hero. Mm-hmm. Um, God's all about unlikely heroes. The, the Bible right. is full of unlikely heroes because in his case, it's because he's the real hero and we're just the instruments. And so he wants to make sure everybody knows, yeah, they didn't do that. I did that. Did you see this guy? <laughs> he can't do that. That's got to be me. Um, and and we have to be willing to step into those things too. And that, which also plays into Bilbo, like this whole, I'm going on an adventure Stop yeah. sitting on your couch, Bilbo. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff, you know, that no, we're not always the most talented, but God has given us something. We do have the ability to do some stuff and we need to use it, you know, and that whole parable of the talents kind of thing where mm-hmm. we need to use mm-hmm. the thing God gives us to do stuff, even if we don't, even if we don't see its significance, he does. And so, yeah, Bilbo's a great, great example. Is Bilbo Moses a little bit too, by the way, like the reluctant? Oh, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. I don't need to go. I have all my excuses. And then I go. It's very close. He would have to be dwarf, a dwarf, though. He would have to be a dwarf, and he'd have to be in charge of the dwarfs once he gets going. Yeah. So it doesn't quite work, but. Yeah. Close. Like, Thorin is almost like kind of the, the reluctant leader, right? True. Yeah. And, and Balin is his Moses. <laughs> or is, 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 is Aaron? Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, speaking of like the dwarves, like very much resemble like the plight of the of the 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 ancient Hebrews in the Old Testament. Like they, they come in, they're prosperous, and then they succumb to temptation. They're cast out of their home, and they're left to wander the wilderness without a home. And they're just trying to get back to their promised land, you know. And so, yeah. So does that mean that Thorin and Balin are like Ezra and Nehemiah? We're going back to to rebuild Ooh. the temple or something here. Ooh. There you go. Nice. So what happens when you preach through Nehemiah last month? Yeah, and you got it on the brain. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any other others in there? That was the only one that I got, other than the one that I knew you were gonna. Yeah, I mean that's over. it's yeah. it encompasses so much of the movie as the only mm-hmm. one I put down. But yep. There's so many, so many of those lines I mentioned earlier, like you could just dive into all kinds of little, little sub, sub spiritual metaphors, subplots, whatever you want to call them. Lots of fun little moments. Cool. Um, Random thoughts or uh, little bits of trivia that you picked up um, along the way. Radagast, if you go look it up, it says it's played by a guy named uh, Sylvester McCoy. Mm -hmm. And it's a stage name. With an insane story, like just a crazy little story about how I got it. That I'm not going to tell you, but you should go read it on IMDb. You should go read it. <laughs> it's funny. You're just like, this is nuts. And then to think about, yeah, this is why you're the kind of dude that plays Radagast. Radagast, It all fits. Yeah. It all yeah. fits. So that was the guy that uh, Guillermo del Toro wanted to uh, uh, use for Bilbo. Um, yeah and so like peter jackson was like no you're not my bilbo but like i got a perfect part for you to play yeah so i just don't see anyone that walks around with bird poop on their head and looks natural (laughs) about it being the same as bilbo that doesn't fit for me but it does fit for guillermo del toro that makes sense yeah Yeah. that makes sense can we Uh, get like a a guillermo del toro cut like Zack snyder style for this movie can he just come in and redo (laughs) some stuff i would i might i'd watch it for sure i'd be in so uh philippa boyens uh either her or fran walsh basically said like it was like a very different movie like peter jackson was not going to like be like 
so involved. He was just going to be like a producer on this and it was going to be Guillermo de Toro's. And it was supposed to be kind of a little bit more like a fairy tale uh, is what they said. Um, but they still said like they would really like to see what he was going to do. And that was like their big thing that they, it's almost like they took this on reluctantly and didn't know how to handle it. You know, like they, like once he departed from it due to all these, um, uh, all these things that were just like seemingly getting in the way that like, all right, rather than let, like put it in somebody else's hands, we'll take it. But I don't know ifs and buts and all that. So, yeah. And that might explain uh, some of the feel. Like, it's almost like they're not even totally sure of the vision of it. Like, yeah. what are we really trying to do? So we'll pull out some of our old tricks and do some of the mm -hmm. stuff we did in Lord of the Rings. And, like, mm -hmm. so maybe that that could be it, too. Like, they just didn't feel like they had a vision for it, which is why it took so long to take it on. And it was kind of reluctant. That would make yeah. sense. Um, this is the only um, Lord of the Rings, the uh, only current Middle Earth movie uh, that doesn't have Legolas in it. All the rest of them do. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of your guy. Yeah. Uh, um, I love the jinx at the end of this movie, by the way, from Bilbo, when he goes, I do believe the worst is behind us. And you're just like, you idiot. <laughs> Why would you say it out loud? Come on. Oh, now. Love it. Love it. Um, there's a part in the, the movie where Bilbo asks, or maybe, maybe Boffer or one of the dwarves asks how many wizards there are. And Gandalf says that there are five. He named Saruman, Radagast, and himself. And then he says he can't remember the names of the other two. And I was like, what? Um, so apparently the reason why is like their names are Alatar and Palando. Um, they appear in the book Unfinished Tales, which is a collection of uh, Tolkien's ideas um, that his son, Christopher Tolkien, um, who is obviously still like in charge of the, uh, the Tolkien estate, and they didn't have the rights to use that material from the book. So it's basically like mutants in the MCU before <laughs> now. Um, so that's why they just said like he, he basically like didn't name them. So. Oh, the joys of legal issues and rights. Right. right. Um, McAvoy, James McAvoy uh, of, uh, of Professor X fame in the uh, first class um, trilogy movies uh, and Tobey Maguire were also considered uh, um, to be Bilbo Baggins, like whenever they were going through those Sherlock scheduling conflicts. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they just decided to wait. So. I don't know if I can see either of those quite working. Yeah. I think Maybe McAvoy. Yeah. In some ways, I think McAvoy, because I think he's a really good actor, but right. I don't know if he could pull off the right tone for Bilbo. I don't know. Yeah. And Toby's just a little too, like, meek, you know? Yeah. McAvoy is a little too, like... Aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neither of them hit it quite right. Yeah. They're, they're Mama Bear and Papa Bear, and we, we, we want Baby Bear Martin Freeman. That's just right. right. Yeah. Um, the last little bit that I had was, uh, I think we talked about Christopher Lee's uh, displeasure with being cut out of uh, the last movie. So when uh, Peter Jackson called him up and invited him to the premiere, uh, he responded, am I still in the movie? <laughs> since he was cut from that. And so, and they had a brief falling out. 
Um, so obviously whenever he brought him back in and probably had to tell him like, Hey man, I'm not going to cut you out of this movie. So yeah. And as we know, like his scenes were restored in the extended edition. So maybe that kind of helped bridge the gap. Like, Hey, all the real fans saw you again, man. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, whose movie is it? I I wanted to try and be a smart aleck and like pull out like Radagast or something, (laughs) but it's, it's Bilbo's like, especially the beginning and the end, like yeah. are really, really strong for him and really enjoyable. Um, I've, got, I've got Gandalf and Bilbo. Like, I feel like I feel like Gandalf has like enough to. Um, to really show that, like, even though Bilbo is meant to be like the the main character, like he's propping him up and helping him and, and encouraging him and and all of those things along the way. So, yeah. yeah, especially early on, like all the things I liked about Bilbo in the beginning are, are mostly like conversations between him and Gandalf, like little back and forth things. So. All right. Yeah. I think one of the things that like makes the book and I mean, and I'm not, I'm not, not saying it's a bad thing, but Thorin is just kind of like this very strange hero. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make for, like a situation where like you understand that he's like this conflicted warrior uh, or this conflicted warrior king um but you don't ever think of him in either the book or the movie as somebody that's like like oh yeah like he's supposed to be like what this is about and i think tolkien does that on purpose you know so yeah he's like an unlikable hero in a weird way like He's all moody and he doesn't like Bilbo like right. most of the time. I mean, that's why that scene at the end works because you're like, even after this dude saved your life, you still don't like him. Oh, oh, never mind. You're saying something nice. Right. Um, <laughs> but even then, like it just comes like they play it off for the beginning. Like he's just going to be angry at him still. And yeah, he's just yeah. a very unlikable hero in some ways. So Yeah. And maybe because we're unfairly already projecting out to the, <laughs> the next two movies. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. All right. Well, that's all we've got for The Hobbit. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, let us know what you think about any of the categories in our uh, Facebook page uh, at The Phileo Podcast or on our Instagram at Phileo Podcast, all one word, all lowercase. Or shoot us an email at phileopodcast at gmail.com. Great job, Iris. Good brownies. Good brownies. They were scrumptious. They were scrumptious. (laughs) They were tasty. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.